With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But we got the combine going on this week, and uh, we've talked about it. Saints, not a whole lot of draft picks, but still... A lot of stuff to cover up there in terms of scouting and getting to know players and talking with agents and kind of prepping, doing all your legwork for free agency and all that. So I figured, why not get our buddy Deuce Windham on from The Athletic? Uh, no time better than now to talk Saints offseason, and Deuce joins us right now. Deuce, what's going on, man? Thanks for jumping on. Hey, happy to. Um, like you said, big week for really every team, and you know, like you said, it's not just about the actual potential draft guys. I mean, this time last year, the Saints were talking to Kurt Coleman, and while that didn't work out how everybody wanted to, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a good elbow-rubbing moment for players, coaches, and uh, once again, another big networking opportunity like the Senior Bowl was. So we might even see some potential signings for New Orleans coming out of this, even if they don't necessarily have first and third-round draft picks to be using during the draft. Yeah, let's talk about it, Deuce, because I, I, I don't know. I've always been more of a realist. I, I used to be a dreamer. I used to be, you know, as soon as a guy gets cut from another team, say, it's, should go sign him. Like, I used to be that guy. And then I just got wiser and smarter through the years. I started to realize, oh, this salary cap thing is a real thing, and you can't just go sign anybody you want. And, you know, I, I, I see people out there with their Saints dream, dream uh, wish list, you know, of free agency, and let's go sign this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. I'm going... All right, guys, let's be a little smart here and realize what the Saints have salary cap-wise. And look, I know Mickey Loomis can work wonders at times, and he can kick that can down the road as much as he wants, but this is a really important offseason for the Saints. One, in that you know they came so close to getting to the Super Bowl this past season, and they understand they can get there, you know, hopefully get there again, but... Obviously, you got to make some uh, some good decisions, and you're very limited with the limited uh, draft picks that they have, the limited um, you know amount of salary cap. So the Saints are really going to have to be smart, and you really have no room for error when it comes to missing on a free agent signing or uh, you know maybe even missing on a draft pick. They really have to be really smart this offseason. Yeah, I, I agree, and there are plenty of moves they can make. You know, releasing Kurt Coleman is going to open up some things. You know, what they decide to do with Andres Pete, even if they, you know, don't take his $9 million uh, fifth-year option, you know, they cut him and they re-sign him. That would help out restructuring guys like, you know, maybe Teron Armstead. There's a lot of moves they can make to open up money. And then they have the, the benefit of 2020 and 2021 years, both having about $100 million or more in cap space. So down the road, they could push some big cap numbers from this offseason signing to those years which would help alleviate some of the pain. Uh, but, you know, kind of like you said, you, how much do you really want to put on there and how much do you want to push off to the future? Because we've done the the process of kicking several cans down the road, and that's kind of where we're at where we're at now. But, you know, uh, one, one thing about the salary cap is you can make money that isn't there, and Loomis has certainly been able to do that. It really comes down to what they really, you know, want to add, you know, because some of the players you're mentioning, you know, I mean, how many fans have been talking to you about Antonio Brown? Because I certainly had plenty of them, and <laughs> yeah, that's a big name. And, you know, for a while it was Gerald McCoy when we heard he was getting cut, and, you know, Jared Cook, the tight end out of Oakland, 
Uh, there's certainly an ability to go after those guys, but you know when you have for the Saints over 20 free agents of your own, you know a lot, especially guys who are key contributors like Will Lutz and P.J. Williams and Tyler Davis, and you know uh, you probably think first off you have to bring those guys back home and then worry about the big name free agents maybe a few days into the process. So you know we'll be interested to see how they choose to attack this and whether they go ahead and bring back what was part of very successful teams these past two years or if they try to bring in a big name and then hold off bringing on some of those mid-tier guys and lower-tier guys until after they see how the finances are sorted out. And that's going to be up to Loomis and the gang and how they want to attack this uh, offseason. Yeah, I, to me, I just think the Antonio Brown thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense just because you got to pay Michael Thomas this offseason. I think, you know, all the discussions that have been had about a, a long-term extension and all that, I think I think if the Saints drag their feet on that, I think you could potentially find yourselves in a training camp holdout situation with Michael Thomas if they don't go take care of him. I think, you know, obviously, the free agents, uh, you know, Mark Ingram and, and other guys, I think all those discussions are, are at the top of your list. But I think a long-term extension with Michael Thomas needs to be had. And I think you absolutely have to reward that guy. I mean, for going out there and playing like a top-three receiver all year, he's proven himself, and I think you have to reward him. That's just kind of how it goes. So if you're talking about rewarding him and paying him like a number-one receiver, I just don't know how it makes sense to bring in another number-one receiver uh, and invest a lot of salary cap in him. Now, look, if you had the luxury of being like these other teams, like I, I talked about this yesterday, when you know Jared Goff being on a rookie deal – you can go and spend a ton of money on a Dominican Sue and all and Aaron Donald and all these other guys. But when you have a, a Drew Brees who's getting paid thirty, thirty three million a season, um, it eats up such a big part of the salary gap. It's just kind of what you have to deal with in terms of uh, spending and free agency. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'd say about Michael Thomas is they do have another year, and I'd be surprised if we saw an extension for him this year, just simply from a money standpoint. You know, they could and start pushing those years down the road, but you know, uh, I'm expecting Michael Thomas to get between eighteen and twenty million a year, and. You know, I think the Saints are expecting that. I think everybody is. And um, I, I would honestly be surprised if they don't pay that. I think right now Thomas is happy here. But anybody who's ever worked with Thomas or followed him on social media, one thing that that man wants is he wants to be in his bag. and He wants to make his money, and I've got no problem with that. And he's certainly going to demand it and earn it. But this offseason might be tricky to try to navigate that with him just due to the limited space they have, you know, because they're also going to try to keep Teddy Bridgewater. they got to bring Ingram back. And that's uh, going to make for some, some tough navigation for Mickey Loomis. But I do think they'll talk about it. But I'd be surprised if we see a, a signing, well, I'm sorry, an extension for Thomas this year. But I do think it's something that has to go on the plate. But once again, this is back to the whole – 2020 having 100 million in space, you can definitely afford to make those type of moves. And even if that means bringing in a quarterback or whatever, you know, next year. And I know we're a team built to win now, so I'm not saying skip 2019. But from a off-season standpoint, next season you're going to be in a much better position to make big moves to hopefully keep the team going if and when Drew Brees goes ahead and hang it up. And you know, for the Antonio Brown, I'm with you. You know, it's costly. I will say his cap hit. Uh, this upcoming season is, you know, probably around twenty million. I think, uh, even though his salary is decently low, and you know, the Steelers would have to eat a little bit of that. But you know, any type of big move you make, whether it's an Antonio Brown, a Sue, or even bringing back Bridgewater, is going to eat up a large portion of the cap. You can really only go after one big name 
free agency in this offseason and then still get several smaller names and bring back those guys I mentioned before. And obviously some of those are keys to bring back. you got to bring back Will Lutz, who had the best field goal percentage season in Saints history. you got to bring back Mark Ingram, who is a, you know, a pivotal piece in that offense and that one-two punch between him and Kamara. So, you know, uh, they got one name they have to pick, in my opinion, and we'll have to see who that is. And I would rather it be maybe somebody like a Jared Cook if, you know, Oakland is going to let him get out. But uh, I don't see the extreme benefit of an Antonio Brown. But the name sounds great. You know, having Antonio Brown and Thomas, it just sounds unstoppable, doesn't it? Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, let me let me get, touch on the Mark Ingram thing because you mentioned it. Um, I, I've gone back and forth on this. I mean, one, I think he is absolutely valuable for what you do. I think he's still got a lot of you know a couple really good years of, of tread on the tires, and pairing him with with Alvin Kamara obviously gives gives him a, a couple more years of sustainability and all that. The other part of it though is I got to be smart with what I with what I pay him, and I've heard everything from. You know, seven to eight million a year. It could be even more than that. I mean, if somebody out there and look, there's teams with money to spend out there, like Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. They could throw a four year, you know, I don't know, forty million. I don't know, something crazy at him. And if I'm the Saints, I look at it and go, we can't compete with that. So ultimately, I look back at those first four games this year, Deuce, and I can look at that and go to Mark Ingram's agent and go, look, we love you. We'd love to have Mark back. But look, those first four games this year, we still had a good run game with Alvin Kamara, and there's some free agents out there, running backs, that we could pair with him, uh, TJ Yeldon. I mean, there's names that have been out there that would be just fine. So let's be smart about this. We want to keep Mark here, but obviously we can't overpay for him. Well, in my rebuttal if I'm his agent, I would say, sure, look at those first four games, and your running game wasn't very good except for one game where Kamara had you know an explosive output against the Giants. The rest of the time, there's an obvious piece missing in the offense. And it's easy to say, hey, you know, you managed to get W's there. But there's a part of the offense and a style of running when it comes to the inside zone, the duo, things like that, power running that while Kamara's getting better at, he's not as good as Ingram is at it yet. I mean, Kamara's on another level as a total player. But there are still things that they need Ingram to do specifically that nobody else was able to do this year. I mean, they brought in a several back system, and nobody provided the production that Ingram could do and, and move the chains like he did in that area. And, and that's an area that I think that he, you know, can can really hold over him because a lot of the free agent running backs, even in this class, are running backs more like Kamara. They're more outside zone guys. They're more spread guys. They're not the A and B gap players that Mark Ingram has really become in his career. And I'm with you, though. I mean, any team that wants to give Mark $40 million for four years, I love Ingram, fantastic <laughs> player, one of the best running backs in Saints history, more power to you to have fun in Indianapolis. But I think just based on his comments back in December, how he talked about New Orleans being home, how you know he's really spent his you know the majority of his life in terms of life experience, you know, marriage, and you know being an adult and all of a sudden New Orleans has become a home to him. Uh, he wants to stay here, so I'm expecting a four to five million a dollar year type of a contract, you know, and maybe it's only two to three years. If he gets offered forty million. I think everybody, even in Louisiana, would tell him he's crazy not to accept it, but he does want to be here. So unless the Saints just shoot him an insanely low two, three million dollar offer, I think he's going to be in the black and gold next year. All right. Well, that's that's encouraging. I, again, I, I I'm just going to be optimistic. If if you're ranking uh, the retaining free agents, I would put obviously Will Lutz number one up there. I think you absolutely have to keep him. He's probably 
going to go down as the greatest kicker in Saints history, or most accurate kicker. Um, I'll I put Will Lutz up there, and obviously he's a restricted free agent, so you have a little bit of wiggle room there if anybody tries to offer him. I'll put Tyler Davison up there. I think he's absolutely important with the injury to Sheldon Rankins. I think you got to bring him back because he's probably one of the most underrated players on this team. Uh, and then I put Ingram up there, but I'm curious to hear your, your top priorities in terms of re, uh, retaining free agents. Well, I think the names, you know, the order we're probably going to disagree. I like Tyler Davidson a lot, but I don't think the Rankins injury really means you got to keep him because they play two different positions. I mean, what Rankins is great at, Tyler Davidson is not. And with Davidson, you have the up-and-coming Taylor Stallworth behind him who was doing very well this season as well as that run-stopping one-tech, and they made for a great rotation. And those two together, one of the reasons the run defense was so good. Now, to Davison's credit, the three years he's been the start of the run defense has been stellar in his A-gap, you know, for those three years, even if as a team level they haven't been that successful. You, know, you look even in 2018 where some of those big runs were happening, a lot of that was on the linebacker crew, not on Davison's position. So I do think he's a, a you know somebody that you want to bring back. But in terms of priority, you know, Will Lutz, I definitely think is up there. Mark Ingram, you know, I'm probably you know, lower – well, I'm probably in the um, low end of the uh, voices here, but I say P.J. Williams. Uh, I like Patrick Robertson. I do have to admit that there's still a little bit of an unknown. He's on the wrong side of 30. We've only seen you know one stellar year from him, and that was the Super Bowl year with Philadelphia. He did look good last year in the limited time, but now he's coming off of injury. And I think what P.J. did to step up in that slot role, you need to bring him back as well. You know, right now, based on what you don't know on the offensive line, I think Jermon Bushrod is a guy you got to ask him. Hey, are you retiring? Or are you are you coming back? So, few different options there. And then I think Alex Okafor, you got to ask him. You know, with, with his contract coming up. Are you going to bring him back? Because he was a very big veteran presence while we were waiting for Davenport to develop. And even if Davenport becomes a majority snap starter, 60-65%, you're still going to need some veteran behind him. That way him and Cameron Jordan can have some breathing reps and get some time on the sidelines in between snaps. So uh, I think those are probably your, your top four or five. Davison's there, Ingram. Lutz, P.J. Williams, and then Alex Okafor. But then you still have a long list, even special teamers like Chris Banjo, Craig Robertson. What are you going to do with those guys? Yeah, no, I mean, it is it is an interesting list, and it'll be interesting to see who they who they bring back, talking with Deuce Windham of The Athletic. All right, let's talk external free agents. We've heard a lot of names out there. I've heard everything from Golden Tate to the Honey Badger. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, they have high hopes. They want the Saints to go get a lot of big names out there. If I told you you could have just one, one of those big names, I know you mentioned Jared Cook already, but who would you sign if you're Mickey Loomis? Yeah, I mean, uh <clears throat> You have to excuse the, the voice getting over the flu here. Um, Jared Cook will probably be the top just based on positional need. The, the Saints have needed a slot slash tight end, whether it's a flex tight end or a slot guy. Somebody to operate that and, you know, dominate the middle of the field and then those third down situations. It got better last year with Ben Watson, you know, and even Keith Kirkwood in the slot, but it was still not where they wanted it to be. But if we, if we take out tight end, there's still several different you know, players that we can talk about. There's a few linebackers out there. You know, some of the big names I think are going to get tagged. You know, the Demarcus Lawrence's, the Jadavian Clowney's, the D Fords. I'd be very surprised if they go anywhere. But due to the injury of Sheldon Rankins, my my top one was Gerald McCoy if he was let go. Now it's Grady Jarrett. And I know, you know, not everybody likes the idea of bringing in an Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> but Grady Jarrett is probably <laughs> 
the best three tech available on the market right now to come in and fill that role. And even though I like David on Yamada, I think he's still a great rotational piece. I don't know if he's ready to take on 800 to 1,000 snaps season. And Grady Jarrett can help immediately step in and even provide rotation after Sheldon Rankins comes back where you have both those guys on the field at the same time. He's young. He's 26. And just based on the fact that that injury created a big hole in this defense, I think everybody knows at the end of the year, Grady Jarrett is a big name to look at if they want to target a you know, priority free agent that's going to cost some money. But there's all plenty of people down the list that you could see in terms of bringing in, you know, like if you don't want to keep P.J. Williams, well, then there's a Pierre Desir. You know, you also have slot receivers like Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys that are lower on the price list that are going to be available that you could bring in and help supplement this team and hopefully get them back to the NFC Championship game and maybe even to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because, like you said, I mean, they got to be smart. We can't just, you know, people putting their wish list out there. You can't go sign four or five big names of free agency. You just don't have the room. But uh, obviously, yeah, look, I mean, when you look at last season's offseason acquisitions, you know, you look at Kirk Coleman, didn't pan out, and you've already moved on from him. Cameron Meredith, I think the jury's still out. You got to see what he looks like completely healthy, and I think they're willing to give him a little bit of time to see. Uh, Patrick Robinson, obviously, jury's still out on that one. The handful of games we yeah. saw him in, he looked okay, but the injury was was big. And then Demario Davis, I think, was a huge hit. Obviously, he played a big role, but you can't go one for four this year in free agency, uh, can you? Yeah, you can. And and then you also have the fact that you, know, you mentioned Patrick Robinson. We will pay him over five million, <clears throat> so you're obviously going to play him. <clears throat> But that doesn't mean you can't continue to try to upgrade the position either, especially if that means getting younger and getting more depth. And there's a lot of names, Rashad Breeland, Pierre Desir, you know, several different ways they go, Jason Barrett. So I think for the Saints, they've got a lot of options. And if you see an offseason list of free agents, if you're a Saints fan, focus on numbers probably 25 through 100, not the top one through 25. This year, and I think – just being realistic as a, you know, whether a fan or analyst, this team isn't far off. I mean, they were divisional round the year before, NFC Championship this round. They're obviously a Super Bowl caliber team already. You're simply adding some depth pieces and to make them more of a, you know, deeper team and a fluid team moving forward. You don't have to rebuild. I mean, you don't need five big name free agents. You've already got one of the most star studded rosters in the league. And, you know, I, I think just for Saints fans, they're not used to having that. So in their minds, they have, they have to go. We've got to get all these big-name guys. But truthfully, the Saints are loaded with big-name guys. They just need a couple of pieces to help round out and keep that depth going. And they should be able to make another run. He is Deuce Windham from The Athletic. I know your voice is going, Deuce, so I'll just ask you one more yeah, question. sorry about that, Chris. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the combine going on this week, everybody up in Indianapolis. I know Sean Payton, part of the competition committee. Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports kind of saying, he, from what he's hearing, it sounds like there will be no changes to replay or, uh, or anything like that. It feels like all the old men in the room still th- the mindset, no, don't change a thing, because if we change something, there's going to be all these problems that are going to come up. Um, do you like them stand sticking to their guns, or do you think, no, there's got to be some big change here when it comes to reviewing plays, calls, or non-calls? Look, I'm not going to have anybody picketing your station because I say no change is okay. I think just about <laughs> everybody under the NFL owner level believes there needs to be change. And those comments that came out yesterday basically said that they don't expect there to be a 75% majority agreement with owners to make a change, which is what you need to implement a new rule. So 
obviously you're going to have people like, you know, Gail Benson, who's going to vote for that. The competition committee is going to bring it up. But all they can do is they're going to meet here before the combine, they're going to meet after the combine, and they're going to make a suggestion, and they're going to say, hey, we should vote on these things and make these changes. But you got to get 24 of the 32 team owners to approve it. And right now, even though that there is, you know, mass agreement among fans, even outside of New Orleans and Louisiana, there you look at the success of Sky Judge and the Alliance of American Football right now, which analysts, fans, players, coaches are all supporting as a great initiative. The owners are the ones that you have to convince. Those very, very up there on their high perches, 32 people, you've got to convince. And from what people are saying, those are the ones who aren't buying in right now. So, you know, I I don't know really what to say. I I can tell you that from a down here on our level, fans, analysts, and even players, they all agree this is a change that needs to be made. We know Sean Payton's thoughts on it, and he's on the competition committee. You know, it's him, Mike Tomlin, John Elway, Ozzie Newsome, Mark Murphy, uh, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones' son, John Mara, and Rich McKay. So all those individuals seem to be in agreement that this is something that can happen and should happen, you know, uh, and because this is something that's been discussed in years prior. It's getting the owners to vote on it. And right now, from what those people are saying, that's unlikely. So if there's any frustration to be taking out, it's not the competition committee, but actually the actual owners. And we'll see, you know, as this new league year develops, when they have their votes, we'll see if anything gets passed. All right, I lied. One more question. The uh, the Saints, we know they only have a second-round pick and then a fifth-round pick. No first-rounder, no third-rounder, no fourth-rounder. So, obviously, that pick 62 is very valuable. They want to use that one. If the Cincinnati Bengals called you right now and said, we'll take pick 62 for John, wide receiver John Ross, would you pull the trigger? Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> uh, the most I would pay for John Ross, and I actually reached out to a couple of my friends in places like Buffalo and, and other areas, and to get their ideas on what they would pay for their teams. And, you know, all of us agreed the max would be from a fifth to a seventh rounder. And if there's a team that wants to go really out and do a third or a fourth, let them. But while John Ross has got that electrifying speed, you know, he runs a 4-2. That's fantastic. He also caught 36% of his passes. Everybody <laughs> says he had seven touchdowns. Well, he also had as many drops as he had touchdowns and only 21 receptions. So, you know, the, the explosive ability, sure, all that's there. But there's so much work that has to be done. He's got to be healthy. He's got to get refinement in his route running and his technique. And, you know, it's not like he was getting thrown to by the worst quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Andy Dalton is not near the top, but he's not at the very bottom either. So we're not talking about a guy who necessarily struggled because of quarterback play, even if that might have been a very small factor. Based on his performance and what he's done in the league so far, which is very little, which is a, you know the exact reason he's already being shopped as a first-round pick, I think any team would be crazy to offer a second. If the Saints do it, that would just be one of those moments where I throw every paper I've got in the air and just quit for the day. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to do that. It just seems crazy. Right? A guy who was picked ninth overall two years ago, and now the asking price could be a seventh rounder for him. Just crazy how Look, you could fall out of grace you, so quickly. You don't make selections based only on the underwear Olympics that we have this week. <laughs> just because somebody runs a four-two-two does not mean they're going to be a 1,500-yard receiver in the NFL. <laughs> He is Deuce Windham from The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Rev Deuce Windham. Deuce, I know I kept you long, man, but uh, great stuff, and I'm sure we'll be doing it again here real soon. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks a lot. Deuce Windham there from The Athletic, of course, does a fantastic job. Uh, If you guys have not signed up for The Athletic, uh, Deuce always has tremendous film breakdown throughout the season, 
and uh, he and Larry Holder do a really good job over there at the at the Athletic. So I encourage you if you if you haven't signed up already, you pay a one time deal for the full year. I think they break it down. It's like you know the amount of a cup of coffee per month. Uh, for a full year membership to the athletic, definitely worth it if if you guys have not done it. It's Chris Gordy show. We'll grab a quick break here. We'll come back and uh, reset some of the topics for the day. Stay there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 